We have been asking the Lord to give wisdom to our leaders, and we continue to ask that this morning. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want, we need, we so drastically need your wisdom. I pray for wisdom for our leaders, for President Trump and for Vice President Pence. Lord, I pray for Governor Walls, the difficult decisions that they are making for the, for the balancing act that they are trying to walk. Lord, so many things are different and we don't like the differences. And yet, we desire your will to be done. We desire, Lord, that you would give wisdom to our leaders. Please, Lord, help them to know your way. May they turn their ears and their hearts toward you. God, it's not just our political leaders that need guidance. We pray for our church leaders, for our leaders in Anderson, for Jim Lyon and for Handel Smith and, and the, the leaders in our region. God, the leaders in our state, the leaders at the camp. God, we need your wisdom to know how to navigate these tricky times. We want you to be lifted up. We want your name to be glorified. We need you to show us the way. We don't want to take a step in any direction unless that direction is yours. God, we love you. We pray for those who are ill. We pray for healthcare workers who are on the front lines of this thing, Lord. We pray for those states, especially down south, that um, are having increase in cases and hospitals, Lord, that they would not get overrun. Thank you for all you've given us. You have given us much, and we have so much to be thankful for. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Well, if you happen to check the online bulletin, which I'm not sure that you are looking at that or not. I think some of you probably are. You will see on there that I was going to continue our uh, messages in Luke. We were going to look at Luke chapter Seven, finish up Luke chapter 7 today. And in fact, the, um, the little introduction of my sermon here is an introduction to that sermon. But then the Lord, I think, turned the corner on me. And as I was sitting in here yesterday praying, I was, I don't even know what the word is. You pastors that are in here, I think you know that. Sometimes the Lord, he presses on us like with a crowbar and sometimes we still won't yield to what the Lord is saying to us. Well, finally, I guess, um, the board popped loose, so to speak, in my brain, and I finally relented. And um, I believe that the Lord has directed us in a different place today. Lord God, as we open up your word, it, it's got to be you speaking and not me. I must decrease. I want you to increase. Lord, may the words that are spoken from your word be heard by all of us. Direct our ears. Direct our hearts, even as we prayed for our leaders. Now we pray for us, that our ears and our hearts would be directed to you. In your name, your powerful name, the name that every knee shall bow, Jesus Christ. 
So this message I'm going to share with you started out as an announcement that I was going to give this morning. About six in the morning, I started typing this announcement out because I had procrastinated until then because I didn't really want to make this announcement. And then the Lord said, this is not an announcement. This is a message. A message from his word. This morning is a new reality for our church, and it is a new reality for the state of Minnesota. As you are very likely already aware, Governor Walls has issued Executive Order 20-81, mandating the use of face masks for all indoor gatherings. This includes church gatherings. This includes us. And everybody in here, if you're at home, everybody in here entered this morning with a face mask on. Now, I know this is a controversial issue. And I know that many people in our state, <laughs> actually, I know that many people in our church are unhappy with our governor's order. Some feel that this order is an overreach of our governor's executive authority. It may be. I also know that there is a debate going on about whether face masks are actually helpful in slowing the spread of COVID-19. They might be. They might not be. I know that there are, is a debate going on about whether the spread of COVID-19 should even be, like stopping the spread should even be our goal. Maybe we should just let it go. Let it run its course. Isn't that nature at play? Well, maybe it should be, but maybe it shouldn't be. All of those are important questions. Did you hear me say that? All of those are important questions. They are all questions worthy of debate. We should be engaged in constructive dialogue about questions like this. Did you hear me say that? We should be engaged with constructive dialogue about questions like that. We should be involved. We should be talking together in love. Always with the love of Christ guiding us. But what should we actually do as a church? Some have suggested that the right thing to do is to purposefully violate Executive Order 20-81 as an act of protest. As your pastor, I want you to hear, I do not agree with that. Upon what am I basing this decision to follow Executive Order 20-81? Well, maybe it's just my feelings about the issue. Maybe I should just base this all on just how I feel about it, right? Whether I like it or not. I mean, maybe that should be the standard of truth by which I follow and by which we all follow. I don't like face masks. Do you? Does anybody like them? So if I go on what I feel, then I guess we should protest. Or maybe I should, I should base my entire decision here on the latest article I saw someone post on Facebook. Seems like a great thing to base an entire direction 
don't you think? Hmm, maybe. Or do you suppose I might, maybe should, base it on something else? You suppose I might, maybe should, as someone who has declared to be a follower of Christ, maybe I should follow this. Well, pastor, this doesn't say anything about face masks. I'll tell you that right now. Huh. Well, I wonder what it does say about this. Hmm. I think we should base our position on the word of God. Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. Let everyone be subject to the government, the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right, and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid. For rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Well, I don't like that one. <laughs> You're not going to like the next one at all. 1 Peter 2, 13 through 17. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every author human authority. Whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. I really don't like that one, Pastor Jason. Our church has been in compliance with our government throughout this COVID-19 outbreak. It has been and continues to be my hope as your pastor that we act honorably. That we follow Jesus Christ by heeding the instructions given to us in Scripture. One of those instructions is that we show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, honor the emperor. <laughs> Did you hear that last one? Honor the emperor. 
Yikes. Doesn't that statement just strike you as, at best, strange? And at worst, anti-American. Well, yes, actually, it is. And here is precisely where Christian Americans have a problem. Let me give you an American phrase that I think some Christians believe is in the Bible. Give me liberty or give me death. May I let you know that phrase is not in the Bible. It's actually a quotation from, does anybody know? Good guess. That's not true. It's not the Declaration of Independence. Anybody know who said that phrase? Patrick Henry. Good. American history was being taught to all of you at some point. Patrick Henry. So that phrase was spoken as part of a speech that Patrick Henry gave on March 23rd, 1775 at St. John's Church in Richmond, Virginia. That speech was very influential. Because it was that speech that is believed to have turned the tide in the convention to pass a resolution delivering Virginian troops for the Revolutionary War. That speech and that phrase particularly are what caused the Commonwealth of Virginia to support the Revolutionary War. Thomas Jefferson and George Washington were in attendance when that speech was given. Give me liberty or give me death. <laughs> but here's my question for you. Is the liberty that Patrick Henry is referring to the same liberty that the Apostle Peter is referring to in the passage we just read? Look again at 1 Peter 2.16. Live as free people. But do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. So there, there is Peter saying, live as free people. There's Peter using the word freedom. Is the word freedom in 1 Peter 2.16 the same freedom that Patrick Henry was so ardently advocating for? Because I think some Christian Americans think it's the same thing. Is Christian liberty the same thing as American liberty? I think that that is a question that is worth asking and answering. It seems to me that most Americans who are Christians believe that American freedom or liberty is the same thing as Christian freedom or liberty. In fact, I would argue that most Americans who are Christians believe that those two terms themselves are actually interchangeable, American and Christian. To be an American is to be a Christian. And to be a Christian is to be an American. Some people would say. Therefore, it is not a stretch to believe that American freedom and liberty is exactly the same thing as Christian freedom or liberty. They are not the same. They are not the same. Not all Americans are Christians. Not all Christians 
are Americans. And American freedom and liberty is not the same as Christian freedom and liberty. In fact, I might argue they are significantly different, if not possibly opposite. American freedom and liberty is based upon this idea that we have rights and privileges that are due to us. We deserve them. We earned them. We sacrificed for them. These rights and privileges are ours. And we will fight. In fact, we might even kill if someone tries to take them away from us. Christian freedom and liberty is based upon a completely different idea. Christians believe that we have the right and the privilege to give up what is ours, to help others. We see God's image in all people as believers in Jesus Christ. We are called to love others, even our enemies. We recognize that we, what we have has come to us only because of God's incredible grace to us. We didn't sacrifice to earn our freedom. Jesus sacrificed to earn our freedom for us. It is because Jesus sacrificed that we can live. The rights and privileges that we have are not ours. They are God's. And they were given to us so that we can give them away to others. And if someone else wants to take them from us, we will submit. Even die. So that others might live and find peace with God. Forever. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is an invitation to die to yourself and to live for Christ. Living for Christ means that you put others before yourself. Philippians 2 3. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. 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 Or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. In humility, Value others above yourself. Christian liberty is the opposite in some ways of American liberty. Not in every way, but in some ways. I want you to notice that if you can't see it in this passage, Christianity is about Selflessness, not selfishness. 
selfness. Consider Jesus, would you? Was he concerned about his personal freedom and liberty? I mean, last time I checked, Jesus is the pattern by which we're supposed to live our life. Yes? Anybody want to disagree with me? That Jesus is somehow not a good pattern for us to follow. Anybody want to say that? I don't think so. So, was was Jesus' primary motivation his own selfish agenda? Let's look at the full passage from Philippians that I just quoted in chapter 2. And I want you to ask yourself, what is Jesus' primary motivation? Okay? Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." What was Jesus' motivation? Humbleness. Giving up his own advantage for others. Obedience. Servanthood. And man, do those words stink. Because we're told every day as Americans to search after the opposite of those. And here's where we have such a difficult time, don't we? How are we to reconcile these two realities? How do we hold American freedom and liberty with Christian freedom and liberty? How do we, how do we have both of those together? In some ways, it feels like we're being pulled in two opposite directions. But I want you to recognize that they really are opposite directions. Did you hear that? They really are. This, this feeling that you're feeling of being pulled, it's real. Moments ago, I told you that we are Americans who are Christians. I'm going to revise that statement. We are not Americans who are Christians. We are Christians who are Americans. And if you get that backwards, we're done for. We're done for as a church and we're done for as a nation. You get that backwards. And all of the sacrifices that so many people have given so that we can have freedom are gone if we get that backwards. We are Christians first. We are Americans second. Our status as citizens of God's kingdom is more important than our status as citizens of the United States of America. 
This reorienting of our priorities will be very helpful as we attempt to navigate these confusing and difficult times. You know, it seems as though there is, there's this balancing act going on right now in our country, doesn't it? Should we be Republican or Democrat? Hmm? Should we be a conservative or a liberal? Should we be on the right or the left? Where should we stand? What should we stand for? Should we somehow aim for a political position in the middle somewhere? Maybe that's good. Maybe we should be a moderate. May I suggest to you that these are precisely the wrong questions? They are exactly the wrong questions to be asking right now. We are citizens of God's kingdom. God's kingdom is our primary political affiliation. Did you hear that? God's kingdom. I'm a card-carrying God's kingdom citizen. Everybody got that? Now, is it wrong to support political candidates? No, it's not wrong. Of course not. It's not wrong. Unless your priorities are out out of shape. Do you see that? You know, as a pastor, I don't care where you land on the political spectrum. It, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to love you. That's not going to color me one way or the other because you're red or because you're blue. I just want to talk about Jesus with you and how that makes a difference in our lives, in our city, in our church, in our country, in our state. I, I, that's what I want. Red, blue, I think the agenda of Jesus can happen either way. So what do we do with all this? What practical application is there for a sermon like this? (laughs) Can I suggest three things? Number one, honor the emperor. (laughs) Oh, that's a yucky one. Right? Be subject to the governing authorities. Remember 1 Peter 2.17. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. And Romans 13.1. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. Honor the emperor. Be subject to the governing authorities. Commands of God for Christians. Does that, does that look like a suggestion? <laughs> We're quick to say, the Ten Commandments aren't suggestions, are they? Mm. We're quick to say that. That's not a suggestion. Does that look like a suggestion to anybody? Does it look like, well, let everyone be subject to the governing authority. Well, we don't actually mean that. (laughs) I mean, come on. Seriously? Come on. It's not a suggestion. So, a practical application. Actually do it. Actually do it. And, you know, all this talk about, well, Trump, he's becoming a fascist. And, or Nancy Pelosi, she's a communist. Or, I mean, all this kind of stuff. That's not helpful conversation, people. Okay? And if you're worried about Trump being a fascist, we're supposed to honor the emperor. The emperor was worse than a fascist. The emperor of Rome, if he said, you die, you die. And there's no due process. Right? That's worse than a fascist. Okay? We're supposed to honor the emperor. Is there confusion about these commands? 
By the way, these are New Testament commands. By the way, these are commands to the church. This is like our era. This is us. These commands are directly, completely for us. Any questions about that? Why is there questions about this? Why is this an issue? I'm so confused. It can only be an issue if your priorities are upside down. Now, before I move on, I did want to say one exception. The only exception to this command is if the government were to require Christians to not worship Jesus or if the government were to require Christians to worship someone other than Jesus. Remember Jesus, give to Caesar what is Caesar and give to God what is God's. May I suggest to you that the current situation, the government is not telling us to worship someone other than Jesus. Nor is the government telling us we can't worship Jesus. Therefore, the exception does not apply. Our church and the people of our church, we must honor the emperor and be subject to governing authorities. We must and we will. Number two, and number two is very important. We must let our voice be heard. <laughs> but we must do it in love. Even as we honor the emperor and are subject to the governing authorities, that does not mean, and I am not saying, that we should be silent. Everybody hear that? I am not suggesting that we just be silent. I am not suggesting that if there's a reason to disagree, that we should be silent. We have a voice. We live in a democracy, which is different than the Roman Empire. And in a democracy, we have a voice. We can vote and we can speak. Yes and yes. But it has to be in love. It has to be in love. I have sort of been tiptoeing around this for the past about four months of preaching. I can't tiptoe anymore because it's getting out of hand, everyone. Do you hear it? Do you see it happening all around? It must be in love. It must be in love. 1 Peter 2.15 For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. I read this earlier. So let me ask you, when you talk foolishly, are you part of the people of God or are you part of the ignorant talk? Which one are you when you talk foolishly? When you speak without love, you fall into the category of ignorant talk. Even if you say the right thing. Did you hear that? Even if your facts are right, if you speak without love, you are wrong. A practical suggestion for you regarding social media. Think before you post. If this is a struggle for you, 
then I recommend strongly. Now, this is, this is good advice, what I'm going to give you next. Okay, this is godly advice. I recommend strongly that you pray overnight before you post something. In fact, maybe try this. This is crazy. And I know some of you are like, well, that's easy for Jason. He's not on social media. Hardly at all. Do you suppose there's a reason for that? You see, when you pray overnight, usually you don't post it. Because wisdom trickles down to you from the Lord when you stop and wait and listen before you post something. Wisdom accompanies prayer if you will give time for that to happen. So if you've got, if you know that this is an issue for you, if every two seconds your phone goes off, I've got another practical suggestion for you. Try this one. It's great for me. I removed the Facebook app from my phone. Therefore, I don't have notifications every two seconds. Oh, right? I don't, I still have Facebook. I still get stuff. It comes in my email, which comes later. And when I'm sitting and my brain is working, not at 1030 at night, right? My brain is working and I think, hmm, I really want to post something in response to that. I think I better wait. Wow, that's a great idea, Pastor Jason. Do you suppose that these phones, this social media has become just a bit of an idol with most of America at this point? Just a thought. By the way, here you go. Here's a word picture to help you even more, okay? Picture this in your brain. It's only, I'm only going to say four words, okay? I'm only going to say three words. There's only three. Create this word picture in your brain. Measure your words. Put them on a scale. Got it? Measure them. And when you put them on the scale and measure them, where does the scale go? Because if you will measure your words, you will notice that most of them go the wrong direction. Well, Pastor Jason, but you don't hardly ever post on Facebook. Exactly. Well, we need to make our opinion known. Whose opinion again? My opinion? That's the one I need to make known? Hmm. Wait overnight. Measure your words. Just imagine if everybody in America prayerfully waited overnight before they put anything on Facebook. <laughs> Let that sink in for a second. Or Twitter, for that matter. Or anywhere else, for that matter. Number three. Please, take precautions to protect others from getting sick. Wash your hands more often. Be mindful of the health of others. Please wear a mask in public. You know, besides the fact, all I just said about following what the government says and honoring the emperor and all that stuff, besides all of that, okay, might I suggest that if you purposely don't wear a mask now that it is supposed to be required, okay, what message are you telling people 
by not wearing one. Now, I know there's lots of people that think, well, masks don't do anything. I understand. I already said there's a debate going on. Enter into the debate. Yes. Yes. Use facts. Use science. Talk with love. Okay? But now, wear a mask in public. Because not wearing a mask shows that you are purposely not in compliance. That's the thing that's changed now. I've never told you up to this point that it's required to wear a mask. I've always said it's strongly recommended. I've said in the first service, it's strongly, strongly recommended. I've said that the whole time. We even debated it as a board of trustees. Should we make masks required? We brought it up. It actually was made as a motion to the board of trustees to make masks required. And we changed the motion in the meeting to masks are strongly, strongly recommended. That's now in a, we are not there anymore. To not wear a mask in public is to purposely fling your nose at the governing authorities. That's what you will be communicating. And you will be communicating that you don't care about other people. That your personal liberty is more important than their health. But Jason, I, we, there's all these studies that show that it's, it's not helpful. That's a debate we need to have in love. Yes. But think about what you communicate. Which set of Christian liberty or American liberty are you going to be known for? You know, when you wear a mask, it is a constant reminder that other people's health is important. That's helpful to me. Because as I wear that uncomfortable thing in Walmart or wherever, do you know what I think of? I think that I'm reminded that what I do, I might, be, I might be an asymptomatic carrier. I'm reminded that what I do and the actions I take affect people. I'm reminded of that. It's like fasting. <laughs> I mean, wearing a mask is kind of like, why do we fast? Because when you're hungry, it reminds you of why you're fasting. And you go to the Lord in prayer. What if you had a totally different mindset about wearing a mask? That wearing a mask was like fasting. Could you do that? Well, my personal liberty is being, what are you talking about? Well, if they make me wear a mask, they're going to take my guns next. What are you talking about? Well, now, Jason, you've crossed the line. You've gone too far. This is about Jesus Christ, not your personal liberty. Continue the discussion. Continue the discussion with love. In everything that you do. Now, the last thing I want to say is this. I want to be very careful to recognize that there are people who should not wear a mask. Okay? People with health conditions in which wearing a mask is dangerous or could injure them. So, we are not going to be the mask police. That's, I do not have a badge that says law enforcement. Okay? I am not, I am not an enforcer of the government's laws. Neither should we be. We're not going to shun people for not wearing a mask. That's not appropriate, is it? That doesn't show love either. Right? So, there are people that shouldn't wear a mask, and I'm not going to go around collecting people's health papers to make sure they really have asthma or not. By the way, that's a violation of HIPAA. <laughs> so, I can't go asking people for their medical histories. Right? I don't want to. I'm not law enforcement. I'm not going to be law enforcement. Neither are you. 
That would be unethical and unchristian. Hey, y'all, I'm pretty convinced Jesus would wear a mask right now. Based upon what scripture says, you might disagree with me. You might think that I'm out of bounds. You might think I'm way out of bounds on a lot of what I said today. In fact, my wondering right now is how many live stream people have stopped listening to my message. You guys are stuck here. For you to leave would make a statement. Right? I wonder. Because this is an issue, isn't it? All right. Whew. That was supposed to be an announcement. So, last thing. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. And this is something that I think, um, I think is, a, is a good thing. Since we are now all wearing masks, and I want to ask this service your opinion of this right now, even though we're live streaming, I'm asking you right now. Here's my thought. If we are all wearing a mask, and we are still within the, the, the limits of this room, which is 150, which I think we can be, I think it would be appropriate for us to go back to one service. Do you guys agree with that? Because if we're all wearing a mask, we can do this, right? I am also going to get rid of these stupid white chairs because if we're only in one service, we're only touching one chair, right? I think I'm going to put the nice chairs back in. We're going to have one service. 10 o'clock. Please wear your mask. All right. I hope you know that I love you. I hope you know that. I hope you also know I am not stupid and I understand that there's going to be folks that disagree with some of what I said. I would love to talk with you about this. I would love to have a conversation. Send me an email. Call me. Visit me. Let's figure this out. Let's talk together. I'm listening to you. Would you pray with me and we will be dismissed. Thank you, Lord that you are a God who turned everything upside down. You had all the power and you decided to give it away for us and for others. You set the example of sacrifice. We follow you. We love you, Lord. We want the best for this church, for our families, for our state, for our country. We want the best and we know that the best is when we all follow you. We love you, Lord Jesus, in your powerful name.